Welcome, welcome everyone to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcott, and this episode we are talking about Ant-Man. And to do so, joining me as always, first up, Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? You know, Ant-Man was probably the MCU movie I walked into with the lowest expectation and walked out highly surprised. Yeah. In a good way. Awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think I think yeah, many people follow that same sentiment for sure, Paris. And uh, joining us here, the third man to round out our crew, Swain. Swain, what's up, man? Paris, would you say you didn't anticipate it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is the end of MCU Rewatch. We are done. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. We are talking about Ant-Man this week or on this episode. And Swain, you got to give us... The plot summary. What do you got for Ant-Man? Uh, Baskin Robbins creates superhero. <laughs> the, what, what's the term of Baskin Robbins in this? Like they always find out. Isn't that what they say? Like, well, ba- Baskin, Baskin Robbins, Robbins always knows. They always know. They always know. So they knew they were going to create the superhero. There's they an knew. alternate timeline where uh, Lang is still working there. That's true. <laughs> maybe that, that you know, is true. Maybe that's where he ends up at the end of Endgame, right? Quantum Realm, we can find it. Yeah. Yep. He sends him back to. That's uh, one of the. That's one of the uh, episodes of uh, Infinity War that Doctor Strange had to watch. One of the 14 million (laughs) episodes. He's just, you know, Lang in an ice cream shop somewhere. Just arguing with a kid about them not having hot sandwiches or submarines or whatever. Uh, but what do you guys think? I mean, this movie was fo- the follow-up to uh, Age of Ultron. So I think I was with you, Paris. When I first saw they were making an Ant-Man movie, I was just kind of dumbfounded. Because Ant-Man is one of those characters that, I mean, who out there is honestly an Ant-Man fan prior to this movie? Did you ever know an Ant-Man fan in your life? I didn't. And honestly, Ant-Man's kind of like a, like a not a, not always a good person in the comics oh no definitely not kind of a terrible person in some things he created ultron yeah in the comics yeah Yeah. he did but he is one of the original founding members of the avengers which a lot of people don't know so when you saw they were making this ant-man movie i know some people out there that don't follow the books were probably like what the why are they picking ant-man what seems like this obscure character not at all like he plays a major role in the avengers history they got such a good person to play oh, Ant-Man, man. though. Yeah. Like, he really is oh, just yeah. the perfect casting for this for this movie. Yep. Yeah, he killed it. And him. it probably was one of the drawing factors for a lot of people who went to go see it. Is like, oh, it's someone I know is funny. Someone that I can, you know, kind of get on board with and go see this weird ant-based superhero. <laughs> is it me or does Paul Rudd, like, he always plays, like, the same character? almost in any movie you see him in but he, he's perfect like scott lang is paul rudd like it, that's just the way the character is every every role you've seen paul he rudd play before he, that's scrappy scott good guy really yeah. well it's great um but i mean let, let's just i guess to jump in here to the movie guys i mean you know we don't have i mean you do have a good villain oh, i say good villain we do have a villain per se in this but a lot of this movie is setting up um, I think the the idea of the quantum realm, the idea of uh, Hank Pym and kind of his role with Shield prior to this, right? Because we, we that's the very first thing that we see is him basically very going important to Shield scene. and just saying like you know basically what Howard Stark saying we want to use this technology and Hank realizing the potential of what it could do more on a global scale and how dangerous it could be 
He just says no, and he takes it and go basically secludes himself and takes the technology away from Howard. Um, what, what, what do you think just is the the um, impact of that scene, Paris? You say it's a very important well, scene. Well, think about what Hank Pym says in that scene, that he will never let a Stark get a hold of his technology. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Stark's going to get a hold of his technology here <laughs> in, in upcoming and Endgame. But the fact that you have... Shield is established at this point. We we now know that Hydra has infiltrated it, so mm -hmm. so we understand that dynamic of it. So you see, uh, you see Peggy Carter is in that scene. Obviously Howard Stark, Hank Pym, and then you see, and then obviously the Hydra agent. But you see the fallout right there that he then leave basically leaves Shield and and abandons everything that they're doing, and what that potentially could have meant, you know, throughout the MCU. What if Hank Pym would have stayed a part of Shield? you know, during that time and would him and Howard Stark would have worked together, eventually worked with Tony. You, you combine the Stark technology with the PIM technology. What would that have meant? So the fact that you see that clean break at that moment obviously has big ramifications that bring us right into Endgame. And I will have a theory later as we continue to discuss. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I think, I, I mean, the... This kind of begins the MCU's uh, openness to new directors, it seems. Yeah. And like interesting directors, because who, who would have thought that Edgar Wright would be allowed to, you know, direct a superhero film? But he was kind of perfect for this one. Like a really quirky, like funny superhero is perfect for Edgar Wright, who has also done like stuff like Hot Fuzz, the whole that whole trilogy with yeah. uh with like uh Shaun of the Dead and all that. It's it's perfect and it's like the it I think this film reinforced their confidence in being like trusting their superheroes with whoever. Like obviously there's some like uh level of like oh yeah we're gonna home grow some people like the russo brothers like they kind of like showed up with winter soldier did an amazing job and like all right well you're perfect for this big thing we got coming up um but this was a good start for that and yep. you see it later with like taika with ragnarok like he's got the, the perfect version of thor well i think edgar wright like his writing really shines in the moments and they do it what twice in the movie, I mean, we see it at the very end, and then we see it in the beginning when Lewis is telling him, like, hey, man, you know, I talked to my buddy. And, like, oh, th that is pure Edgar Wright right there. If you've seen Shaun of the Dead or, or Hot Fuzz or any of those movies, like, that writing is that. It just totally comes off perfect. And, I mean, Lewis as a character is perfect to be Scott Lang's buddy, right? They just, it, like, you couldn't almost have Scott Lang be the character he is in this movie without having a buddy almost like that. And then, of course, you got Kurt and Dave right along there for the ride too. It's just yeah, this perfect yeah. scenario to, to push, I don't know, to just kind of bring this story forward. And, and I, I like this because it's almost, I don't want to put it on guardians level as funny, but it's like, this is just one of those fun MCU movies. It, it doesn't take itself too serious, even though it definitely does have serious moments, especially when we see, um, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Yellow jacket, uh, Hank Pym. Well, well that, yeah. But when you see Hank Pym, t you know, talking to, uh, hope, just about where what really happened to his mother in that or to her yeah, mother like that's a yeah. that's mm -hmm. a big moment you know but then you have these silly scenes kind of ah. throughout it I love it man I am gonna I, I've obviously like correct myself here uh, in the moment but 
my remembrance of Edgar Wright writing the script. He wrote it. Yep. He left the project. So he did. Oh, really? <laughs> At some point. Yeah. He didn't finish the whole thing out. No, um, no, he did. But I can he tell did. you, he wrote, I'm sure he wrote that scene, man. Cause that's like, <laughs> like that scene just comes yeah. out to me, comes out, come, comes across as one of his movies. And that, uh, and this is part of like just remembering it and kind of like being very honest. I have the description up here. It's just like, um, I remember Ant-Man being in production being like it just being production hell for a long time and just being like, Oh, when is this going to come out? Like, where's Ant-Man fitting? Like, uh, and then learning he left and it was like, Oh weird. Like, I wonder if that was holding everything up or there was something else there. So, Yeah. Yeah, because what didn't um, supposedly uh, Paul Rudd had a big hand in basically rewriting or retrofitting yeah, Edgar Wright's script, you know, for the final. Because Peyton Reed wound up directing it, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. But um, but yes, but uh, Paul Rudd had a big hand in in getting this version of Ant Man that that we now have in the MCU to where it is. Yep. You know what I like too about I think this movie is it's the first. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Is this the first hero that we have? That really is like the second iteration of the hero. You know what I mean? Yes. Like really, essentially, Hank is the original Ant-Man. And then we have Scott Lang kind of filling those shoes. Even though the Ant-Man was kind of a myth or a legend almost up to this point. And we see that when they kind of roll through the the old films of him taking over the machine gun and all that. Um, we, we've not had a hero like that up to this point. So it is an origin story for Scott. But they're kind of establishing like no Ant-Man has existed yeah. in the past and i think that to me that was kind of cool it's like wow okay well this is a different different take on the heroes we've had up to this point um i thought that was which neat. which side note going back to to the whole scene with peggy carter and howard stark this is and and having just seen captain marvel and seeing nick fury in that man the de-aging tech has come a long way oh yeah you know, yeah, for sure. You can I mean, see because Michael Douglas, the mouth, man. I, like I told you, I kept yeah. watching Sam Jackson's mouth in, in Captain Marvel, and you just couldn't see it. Michael Douglas, <laughs> you could see it. Like it definitely, it really, um, yeah, it's gotten much better, much much better. But yeah, it was it was, it was cool that yeah that uh, that Hank and and Janet Van Dyne, you know, were these '80s versions of of superheroes, basically. That, but like you said, they were they weren't public. They had their secret identities, and they were like a myth. No one knew if they were mm -hmm. truly real, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I and like then we got I like to have a flashback. hero come in and almost be a mentor too because essentially hank kind of is mentoring i mean we have the whole scene of them and i mean even hope is a part of it as well but teaching him how to use the suit when he's trying to run yep. through the keyhole and smashing into the door repeatedly like we got to kind of see that where up to this point it was every hero just kind of fumbling until they figured out which of course he's fumbling here definitely but he at least had a mentor which was kind of neat like we didn't really we haven't really had that in a hero yet. and i and, and you know and i think that was the part of the movie that i truly enjoyed was Scott learning to become Ant-Man, just basically the whole montage of that. So us as the audience together with Scott is learning what it actually means it to do. be Ant-Man. Because think about it. Like you said, nobody was an Ant-Man hero. So it's not like we walked into the theater. Oh, he shrinks. That's all we know. That's all we don't I know, know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know anything else, how he can control the ants and do there all that stuff. There's definitely that, that, uh, yes, footage floating around for a longest time of Ant-Man running uh, like doing the thing where he jumps on the gun and like runs across and like punches the guy. Yeah. I feel like that was around much longer before the, the movie to get you hyped for the movie. Like it probably didn't even have anything like they put it in the final version, but 
But you know what? Um, like you didn't really realize like how you can shrink and then become big and punch somebody and then shrink down again. Like you know, I just I never thought of fighting that way. But you see him do that, and when you see it, it's like, oh wow! Like that's a cool way to fight. Like that's where we're gonna get to Ant Man and the Wasp when we get there. But some of those fight scenes are just awesome. I mean, we get touches of it in this movie, but when they're shrinking and they're big and they're they're small, and it's just so cool to see that because you you've never seen a superhero do anything really like that before, and yeah. so I, I think that's what what makes Ant Man shine and. I mean, Paris, like you said, you walked into this movie not expecting anything and walked out. I was the exact same way. It was like, wow, like this movie really impressed me. I thought I was just yep. going in to see I, just the next thing a, to carry the story forward. But I, I mean, have it's... a weird feeling on this movie. Like, I love it. I love it. It's enjoyable. But like, for me, the rewatchability isn't that high. Like, I rewatched it for this. But like, there's definitely some other movies that I'll pick way before this one to rewatch because I generally am not a fan of watching origin movies all that much. And they tend to be like where I'm just like, ah, like we're going to go through the whole learning how to do it. Like phase, like you see it enough and you kind of get it and you're like, all right, that's, you know, I want to see this person at their best rather than like, you know, the, the end of the movie is, is great for me. Like that I get to see like him operating as Ant-Man, like the journey to becoming Ant-Man isn't always my favorite. So I, I mean, it makes up for it by being hilarious in a lot of like <laughs> yeah. a lot of places. And like the supporting cast is amazing. It's just like, it ends up not being at the top of my list because I don't know. I just can't, can't deal with the origin suit. That's what makes Spider-Man so great. They didn't, they just like, yeah. all right, we're going to, Cut yeah. all that and establish it. Let's the, go in five minutes. Yep, in five minutes, so Spider Man's he's Spider-Man. hitting a bicycle saying, Whose bicycle is this? and he just leaves a post and no, not like within yeah. five minutes of, of uh, homecoming. I agree, yeah. man. Uh, but, but, but again, another... with real quick, with Ant Man, a lot of people don't know his origin, so like you, you almost sure. have we have to have that. In this, yeah, right? oh, yeah, you, it's you gotta just, exist. You gotta have it. You can't just shove Ant-Man into Avengers and be like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Shrink. He's been here the whole time. You just They couldn't just him. open the the trunk, right? And he's in the he's in the trunk and yeah. like he is in Civil War. Like, who's this guy? There's an Ant-Man yeah. and a Spider-Man? Yeah. yeah. What were you gonna say, Paris? Oh, I was just gonna say uh, another great scene is uh when when Scott goes to the v- Avengers facility and he gets into the fight with Falcon. I oh, love that great. too. So nice nice Falcon cameo. Which again, I think is an important thing when we go into Endgame. Yeah. I love my favorite part of that is when they're dry. He's dropping down on the building and they think it's just an old Stark building. And then it's just got the big yeah. Avengers logo up on yeah. it. I mean, that is just, just an awesome scene. And immediately yeah. Hank is like, turn around, get out of there. Hank, you know, yeah. he's telling him, get, get yeah. back. Um, let's see what else we got. I mean, we can talk about obviously the villain, Darren Cross, he's yellow jacket in this. I mean, his intentions to sell uh, the technology essentially to Hydra. So, you know, of course, Hydra playing a big role, obviously in this, um, I mean, what do you think of him as a villain? I think again, I, 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 we can't glance over the fact that this movie has one of the most brutal, heartless kills in all of the MCU. And what the bathroom? And it's just the guy in the bathroom. He just <laughs> turns him into well, a smudge on the floor, picks him up, and throws him away. It's, he wipes yeah. him up with some paper towels. It's yes. so casual, and it happens yeah. like <laughs> out of nowhere. You're like, whoa! Yeah. Just killed a guy. Yeah. Like ah. You didn't need to do that. That's a bit much. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I'm still traumatized by it. Think and why wouldn't you all. just have that gun and just take that gun around and just shoot everybody with that? Yeah. Why do you need? I mean, sell that. Sell that. Keep, tech. keep working on that your works. your yellow jackets, but start 
producing that. I mean, you could take over the world with guns like that, turn people to a little like slime on the floor. It's great. Um, what? Oh, all right. So let's jump into, I mean, obviously looking forward as to some of the potential coming from this movie. Let's just jump into it here, Paris. Let's talk about the quantum realm. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause well, uh, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's hype this up a little bit. He's been talking about this yeah. since like the last episode. <laughs> And like, oh, I want to talk about it. Like, no, we can save it for Ant Man. Save it for Ant Man. All right, here's here's the floor is yours, Paris. Okay, so th- this is a little bit of spoilers for Civil War as well. Just 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 so you know. That's fine. But watching this is what gave me the idea because obviously part of part of the thing in this is Janet Van Dyne. Um, when they were on the on the mission, she shrunk herself so small that she went into the quantum realm and got stuck. And then obviously into the movie, Scott does basically the same thing. We get a tiny glimpse of him seeing her in there, and then he find, he figures a way he gets out, you know, obviously at the end of the movie. But we get a little exposition from Hank during Ant-Man about what the quantum realm is and what it potentially could be, and it made me start thinking. So quick little theory for Endgame. I will say spoilers up front in case any of this is true. Who the frick knows? I don't know anything. So let's just put this scenario out there. What if the Infinity Stones that are in Endgame can no longer work, or at least work together? Maybe they can work individually, but they can't work in the sense of the Avengers simply overpower Thanos, take the stones back, do their snap, and fix fix everything, right? So let's say that happens early in the movie, that they figure out all hope is lost. So the stones don't work. They, my they, quick jump in real quick. Yeah. I'm altering your theory from two episodes ago where you're like, they're going to get their butt kicked by Thanos. I think they they destroy Thanos early in the movie. And that's what leads to no hope. Like, okay. I don't, because the gauntlet doesn't work. I don't think they destroy Thanos. And again, this is a way longer theory for another day. So I'll keep it short and sweet. (laughs) I don't think they they destroy Thanos, but I, I think they come to the realization that getting the stones from him right now is pointless. So that's where they lose hope. That's where we get a time jump because they basically go back. All right, let's just start over in and move on with our lives. They've lost hope that they can say, because think about that's it. If, if, yeah, because if they could defeat, if Thanos kicked their butts, they would never stop. They would keep going back until they defeated them, right? They would never give up because right. that's that goes against being the Avengers. So something has to happen to where they lose hope that it doesn't matter anymore and they move on with their lives. So to cut to the chase. Scott Lang gets out, goes through the time vortex, whatever, comes out, uh, uh, you know, down down in the timeline. Let's just say a year, year after the events of the snap. He then goes to Avenger Tower. That's why I think it's it's good that he actually knows where Avenger, the Avengers facility, I should say. He knows where it is, which he obviously, they determined that in the first Ant-Man right. because he, he went there. So he goes there, shows that, hey, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, the whole thing. He brings the van with him. He probably has Hank's portable lab with him as well mm-hmm. because that's there so they he probably brings that too. yeah yeah because he's clearly holding something there so it's probably that but the point i'm making this to cut to the chase i think with the barf technology because established in civil war that with the barf technology tony stark's barf technology he can go into any memory and recreate that memory and he can manipulate that memory as we saw in civil war so that's virtual, but with the quantum realm, anything is possible. So 
I think what happens is they go into the quantum realm, use the barf technology to go into their memories to where they knew an infinity stone was, recreate that reality in the quantum realm, get the stone they need, and then bring it back to their reality. And that does a couple things. They're not time traveling technically, so they aren't breaking any timelines, creating you know mm-hmm. alternate realities loops. They're not going into another dimension and taking that stone's dimension. They're simply going in their, their memories to where they knew a stone was. They're using the quantum realm, the quantum energy to create a reality. And from that reality, they're getting an infinity stone. That's what I think. That's my crazy wow. theory. That's <laughs> deep, I Paris. That, I got that just by watching Ant Man because I'm sitting there thinking Man. about it, and I go, "That makes a lot of sense." So ultimately, so. They, but but I guess you know, looking at practical terms, if they were to do that, they got to do it six times. Essentially, do you think we had enough time well, in that movie? Well, to do I that? think. Well, well, I think this is also why I don't think Thanos is defeated or destroyed. I think Thanos is still around and realizes what they're doing and tries to stop them. I think once they're in the quantum realm, they're in there and they can do what they need to do. But I think Thanos tries to stop them from even getting in there. Hmm. That's what I think. Well, here, here's yeah. another question, too. Just and kind of you just talking about it. I don't know, was it you or Swain that said where Thanos gets defeated early on and then they realize the, the gauntlet can't work. And the reason I mentioned, does Nebula put it on? If you've read the Infinity Gauntlet, that's essentially what happens <gasps> around like the fourth or fi- really like the fourth yeah. issue. And Thanos yeah. te- is forced to team up with the mm-hmm. heroes and fight nebula so is that maybe maybe they do they go to thanos and just kick kick his butt and then you know maybe nebula picks it up or something else happens and then is are they forced to work with thanos to revert everything at some point could be could be but that's how i think the quantum realm plays into it i don't think it's just they're using the quantum realm to time travel i think they're using it to create these other realities where they know an infinity stone existed there's there's a part of this that I want to uh, point out, and it probably has nothing to do. It, there's more Ant-Man and the Wasp, but something that was pointed out on Twitter today is that in the Endgame trailer that just dropped, uh, Scott is holding the lab when he's right. small. So it's right. like, is that how they all go through rather than just the fan lab? So, ooh, could be. Ooh. Oh, man. But but I do think him having Hank's lab is very important because not only does he have the quantum tunnel with the van, but the lab is all of Hank's work, all of the PEM tech. So if Stark is truly going to understand quantum, the quantum realm and how everything works, he's going to need all of Hank's information. And that's where what, it is. Paris, what do you think the uh, so there's like uh, parts of the trailer where you see Ant-Man and like War Machine and they look like they're early versions. Obviously of War Machine, we see two different versions. Um, it looks like an early version of War Machine and it looks like they're at Avengers headquarters and they're getting yeah. like suited up. Do you think that is Thanos showing up? Yes, like I in do. some way? That's exactly <laughs> what I think. I or think Thanos maybe he I chases think... them back like Could be. through wherever they go. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So back I'm to so Ant Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can do a whole, a whole yeah. other episode. I th- we may have to do a a prediction show going into uh, Endgame. I think. Let's see how um, long we... 
I mean, what else, what else are we going to talk about? I mean, I think I think the relationship he has with his daughter is great. They really kind of set that in stone, and obviously you see that more in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I think Evangeline Lilly as Hope, she's perfect for the role. Obviously, the, the end credit scene of her seeing the Wasp suit, you knew that she was going to be the Wasp. I mean, obviously, going into this movie, um, you know, you, ha- you can't have Ant-Man and not have the Wasp. And uh, it, I like how they played her, too, in this movie, being... Not necessarily jealous of Scott, but, you know, pretty much like she's like, why am I not the one in the suit? And then when we learn about her mom, that's why, because, you know, Hank didn't want to lose her, obviously, um, by by giving her the ability to potentially go into the quantum realm, I think. Um, what else, guys? I mean, we're talking Endgame here. I'm just I'm trying to come up with some I, more things to talk about Ant-Man now. I'm just my mind is going crazy over Endgame here. For me, Ant-Man, like you said, like I said earlier, it's the perfect origin for this this character i'm not gonna watch it a ton and honestly i like ant-man and the wasp way more because it, it's like all right they're already progressed as characters we have a much better scenario a lot of people don't like ant-man and the wasp but i think it's between the two it's the better movie I like oh it. yeah yeah when we get to that yeah i definitely have some comments on ant-man and the wasp again we get to see the wasp kicking ass but we'll we'll talk yep. about that at that time um no i just think overall again i i think yellow jacket suffers from the villain identity problem you know he just had a one track you know ult, you know motive type of thing which you know they suffered from at that era of the mcu they obviously start getting a lot better with it post this movie um I, I love the again the special effects. I guess we didn't really talk about that of of him shrinking and just the the tiny world that he's in. It all yeah. looked great. All looked really I love really the good. Sound uh, too that it makes when he shrinks yeah. and mm-hmm. gets bigger. It's great. Yeah. The comedy worked. Michael Pena was amazing telling oh, yeah. the stories. Love yep. that. The Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee was in one of the, was yep. in one of those, those to Michael stories. Pena as yep. he's telling yep. the story at the end is great. Um, yep. And then, I mean, post-credit scene, I mentioned, of course, when uh, Hope sees the wasp suit. But then we get the other one that's really the big one, yeah, I think, at this point. War. And this is when, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we see, uh, what, Bucky with his arm kind of locked down in that vice. Yeah. And um, Falcon knows a guy. Falcon knows a guy. Yeah. Yep. Really good. So, all right, anything else? I mean, obviously, not not too much to talk about with Ant-Man other than he's here now. We now, this is where it's set in stone about the quantum realm. And uh, I guess just his abilities and all that. Because we're going to see him again, what, next in Civil War, right? And yeah, then we'll, we'll be get in him again War. in um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Endgame. Ant-Man and Wasp, yeah, and then Endgame. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just the overall, again, knowing what we know and knowing that the Quantum Realm is going to be so important that, yeah, Hank Pym, Pym Tech, this movie has a very important place in the overall scope of the MCU. And then obviously, you know, when we get to Ant-Man and the Wasp, even more so. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about Ant Man. I mean, I like I said, enjoyed the first time. It's a good, it's a good revisit. It's not the best revisit for me, at least. Um, I don't normally get down on MCU films, and I won't get down on this one. That's for sure. All right. Well, next episode, <clears throat> we are talking about easily one of my top three movies in the MCU. Civil War, Captain America Civil War. We will be talking about on the next episode, so be sure to tune into that. And, uh, of course, you can hit us on Twitter at MCU Rewatch or email us, MCU Rewatch at gmail.com. And, of course, 
like and subscribe on whatever podcast service of choice you use and spread the word if you have friends out there who are wanting something they need more mcu here before endgame comes out recommend the podcast let them know we're out there and uh you know have them take the trip too as well we've put the calendar up uh, before on our Twitter feed, but uh, you know, if you want, hit us up on Twitter. We can put it out again, and uh, you can see kind of all the movies, kind of in the order that we've been watching them. And, and the three of us, like, if you message me on Twitter, I will talk yeah. about this until <laughs> yeah. the cows come home. These two definitely more. will talk for hours with you guys on Twitter. So yes. <laughs> It's awesome, but all right, everybody. Well, thank you here for tuning in to our Ant Man episode, and with that, we'll catch you next time. 